So the solution to all things tape. is just duct tape. I knew it. <laughs> duct tape, man. Duct tape and a splash of painter's tape just for Dylan. Curiosity Public Podcast. This is Dutch. This is Jules. Dion. And yes, another episode of our world famous podcast. We've got a famous, really? It is world famous. Jules keeps telling me. We have one viewer in Amsterdam. (laughs) Listener, listener. (laughs) Oh, yeah, one listener in Amsterdam, one in Japan. See, that's enough. That's world famous, man, well, technically. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, we have an interesting. interesting Dylan's topic. just rolling his eyes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we got an interesting topic today. But before we get to that, as usual, let's figure out what everybody's drinking. I'll go first because we recorded another podcast right before this, and I'm gonna, you know, annoy <laughs> Dylan because I'm gonna reveal continuity errors here. But I drank something that I did not like, so I had to grab something that I knew I would like, even though it's a fresh. Freshly cracked bottle. I've got a Four Roses single barrel, barrel strength. One of the recipes, I'm, I'm slowly trying to accumulate all the recipes so we can do the most epic drink through of all time. Mm. But this is an OBSO. And that's one of the coolest things about Four Roses is because yeah. they've got their two mash bills and five, whatever it is, five yeast strains that they use. You can get 10 different recipes. And this is one of their high rye mash bills. And uh, I love the whole thing. And I love these bourbons because they're just, they're so tasty. They're of great value. Nice. Nice. They, I think they are. I mean, <laughs> although I will say the price has gone up on these in the past year. Yeah. I feel like. So they're more like in the $80 range when they used to be kind of more in the $60 60. range. 60 yeah. So. All right, Dylan, how about you? All right. So I got to say, I've been digging deep. There are a lot of bottles that I've forgotten about. <laughs> and so I'm bringing out the <laughs> Lagavulin 12-year natural cast strength. The 12-year? 12-year. Nice. 12-year cask. This is, I think, from 2018. So I said, oh, I forgot about this. And so I'm trying this. I I, I will bring it to the set so that we can do something with it. But... uh, (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I got to say, you can't really taste the higher proof. Really? Yeah, huh. this is one of those things where I, I really cannot taste it. What is the proof point on it? It is 57.8%. So mm. it's not really high, or at least I don't consider it to be that high. But it is higher, relatively right. speaking. For a scotch, that's that's pretty Bottle high. 16, which is kind of a staple. It doesn't really taste high proof, but because it's younger, we'll go through this at some point, but like a lot of these sometimes heavily peated dram, younger gives you a different flavor profile. Right? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's more harsh or the finish is you know, less appealing, but I'm getting a lot more of the fruit and jam mm. with this one. So I'm enjoying that. Very nice. Jules. Well, I was going to do some more of my Calumet bottle kill, <laughs> but decided to change it up. <laughs> Because I do need a different profile right now. Going with some uh, Glenmorn G Cad Bull. Oh, nice. Which is the you know, 2019 edition. Can I just say, Please. I'm so annoyed Ooh, by man, the fact that... Poor. <laughs> I gotta say, I, Wrong I'm... angle. Oh my like, God. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you hear something double? It's like, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, oh, oh, start uh, killing it. Jules is going to pour it back in. Jules is gonna, uh, he's going right. to drink that. Mm. Okay, no, so man. I got to say, when I'm doing these podcasts, I'm like annoyed at Jules because <laughs> his personality does not allow him to expand. Exactly. Right? His, not until I finish bottles. Right. So he will not go to the store and add another <laughs> bottle. I mean, there, there could be like... Until I'm getting rid of one, man. No, no, so I'm no, going no. through these bottle kills. Look, he could go into a large chain liquor store and let's say Jules saw a Pappy Van Winkle, 23-year-old, and they mislabeled the uh, price <laughs> for $49.95. Right. It okay? goes there. <laughs> and there's nobody around and Jules is right there. He would not buy it because yeah, it's like, uh, he needs to finish his Cad Bowl estate it's first. take up another, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I got to get rid of a bottle first. Exactly. I got to get rid of my Calumet. <laughs> wow. You would throw the calendar uh, in the trash if that happened. Though. You should. Just, right. That's one way to get rid of it, man. All right. Well, speaking of prices for whiskeys. What a uh, tease. We've got an interesting topic today about value. And I know Dylan's got some ideas here that he wants to It's like to the most of. controversial category. It is. And it is a category. I'd actually, I don't know that it's the most controversial. Oh, it's the most. <clears throat> Besides your nose, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I actually, I actually think uniqueness is a little bit more controversial, but mm. value is one that you know we don't weigh it as much. You know, it's not something where we're evaluating the tasting experience, experience right? Yeah. It's the thing that's extraneous to that. It's the the process of going and buying this product, right? And that's why we also keep aesthetics at half because that doesn't really. It's not the tasting experience. That's how it looks on your shelf, how it feels in your hand, and those things don't matter to some people at all, but they matter a lot to other people. I call BS on that. Okay, I mean as objective as you might want to think you are, people show off their bar. Oh, totally. Right? I will say that they can have the tastiest jam. If it's in a trash bag, literally an amorphous blob where you pour that dram and you're going to put like a Safeway <laughs> plastic bag and you throw it in there and you put it on the bar. It's going to matter. It matters. I, that's, dude, that's I totally agree. Why, I, yeah, that's the reason why it has to be calculated to a degree. It shouldn't be degree. overwhelming and it should not prevent you from getting a diamond, right? That was the whole. And, but I do recall you saying that your ideal label was like a plain bottle with a white label. With I agree. A eight point font that just tells you everything that's in it. That's right. I still stand by that because you know what that in itself would be beautiful imagine it could your be bar. It, it imagine could your be. bar with just a clear it would glass, not be <laughs> clear glass with just a white label that actually folds out it's like a transformer it opens out to it's a, just a it's a chemistry it's failed set, already the fact that it has to fold out it's oh, a chemistry set. no i failed. want the entire i want the entire that thing's going to be ripped set. off as soon as people put it on the shelf man <laughs> Fail. It's like the drug fact. Clearly, the... you do not know how to do packaging. You clearly do not know that whenever I pour something out of a bottle, I use a little spout. I add the spout so that it doesn't uh, mess up anything. And it gives me uh, exact pours. So I need that. <laughs> Equals boring. Just oh, give me yeah. my crazy double, almost triple shot right here because I failed to pour properly. And I'm yeah, dead. you need that too. But anyway, let's. <laughs> Let's get back to value, guys, because it is a, a it, yeah, it can be controversial because number one, there's not consistency in price across the world, first of all, right? We recently heard that the tariffs are going to be lifted. So are we going to see a change in scotch prices? Maybe. Maybe the retailers will just realize, hey, we're still selling just as much at these higher prices. Let's just keep it for ourselves now. But despite the fact that there's inconsistency in pricing across the United States and around the world, I still think you can kind of get to something based off of the MSRP while factoring in 
in real world pricing. And, and that's kind of what I always try to do when I evaluate the category of value. What do you guys think about it as a category? I usually do a thought experiment. Okay. So during the show, when I look at the dram and then I look at kind of what I paid for it, I think to myself, I replace the word value with the word bargain. Okay. Was this a bargain? The thing that was inside and the price that I paid, was it actually a bargain? If it isn't, then it's below the average. If it was, then you start going up on the score. So for example, if I had a 25-year-old liquor, and I don't care what it is, if I had a 25-year-old liquor and the MSRP was $25, in my mind, I'm already doing my calculation and saying, what is the overhead, right? What is the cost of storing that thing for 25 years? And then take into account, okay, the distiller paying this, blah, blah, blah. For me, it is a calculation, right? And $20, they're losing money on this, but I'm winning. And therefore it is a bargain. And therefore I, and then I convert that bargain, the word bargain to value again. It does get a little bit complicated because a lot of the liquor, and I'm purposely using the term liquor and not like bourbon or scotch, because I think people are so kind of myopic and inside a particular uh, dram, a subtype that they love. Some people are willing to pay anything. And that's not, I don't have a problem with that per se, but I don't like it when they say this was a bargain to everyone, right? Because for me, it's a calculation. Like you can actually come out with an Excel sheet and say, what does it cost that company? It's different from a large to a boutique, right? For sure. But what does it cost to put that, you know, how much does it cost to get that distillate? And then how long are they going to put it in? And what is that going to cost? Right. Yeah. And well, adjust those, for inflation, right? One of those things people tend to say a lot is for a cask strength whiskey. And I think it applies pretty well to bourbon and pretty well to scotch is $10 per year at cask strength. As far as the amount of loss you're going to get, the evaporation, the cost of producing it. You know, so if you see a 15 year old cask strength whiskey at $150, you think, okay, that's a fair price. It's mm -hmm. not a bargain necessarily. Right. Uh, it's not ridiculously overpriced, but you know, it's kind of to be expected, <clears throat> I guess. Right. It does make it a little bit challenging for us because, you know, we grew up and lived in an era where 15 year liquor was more prevalent and it was definitely below a hundred. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Elijah Craig 12 year, I mean, 35, $30, $30, right. Bucks, yeah. You know, you talk about uh, IW Harper 15, Noah's mill was 15 and it was, is 50 bucks or something. Well, what I, what I kind of see with that, just that particular example with bourbons is that the big houses, the people that have plenty of stock, they can do it at about half that. So take Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, right? It's cask strength. It's 12 years old. It's not 120 bucks. You can get it around 60 to 70 bucks. Right. Same thing with Knob Creek 12, right? It's 12 years old, not cask strength, but they do sell a cask strength version of it. But you're getting it at much cheaper than $10 a year, even if you factor in they watered it down to 100 proof, right? It's still much cheaper. So so, yeah, it's an interesting metric, but it's not perfect. I also want to make sure that people understand value to me anyway, translates beyond that subtype liquor. You could make adjustments. You can actually do calculations on something being aged X amount of years in a particular country, right? So specifically Scotland versus in the United States. So which one is more expensive to store per year and is making that distillate more expensive in one country or another? And then how much is it to pay people to do stuff? And, you know, there's miscellaneous. I mean, like I can write out a sheet and then say, wait a minute. Okay. Somebody comes out with a non-age stated liquor. And again, 
I'm trying to be vague here. And they say, it's a three-year, okay? And they say, I need to pay $99 for it. If the first thing that comes to my mind is, what the Right. Where is this $99 coming from? Because I already calculated what it costs three years in your country, how much it costs. Even give the benefit of the doubt that you are a boutique company. You need to make your money. You don't have the flexibility of the big guys. So that's fine. You, you, you need that markup. But where does that $99 come from? Or when I was in Copenhagen, how did the four-month rye cost $400? Like, I want to know why that they calculated four months, why I need to pay four months of a rye. Why did it cost $400? Are you sure, are you sure there wasn't a language barrier and it was four years? Dude, they were yeah, speaking English. It was currency exchange. They issue, were speaking dude. English. <laughs> dude, he wrote it down on a piece of paper, okay? Well, so maybe I, he I confused me, the word. So you bring up a good point, though. Like, I think for me, the that's why, like, with value, when I look at it on, like, on our scoring table, it's not so much quantitative, like, in how you do your calculation, as it is also qualitative. Because, I mean, you can find value, like, in terms of, like, the artist, the art artistry like in a master blender so especially like you know when you go with like away from like the age stated spirits i mean a lot of it's also just the art of the master blender and that's where that value can come in that's not necessarily something that you can calculate based off of years obviously so you it gotta, hasn't been sitting you gotta bring and flavor into the equation at that point the flavor exactly and, and yeah exactly so flavor and I, and I think a lot of it too is more of that's why i say qualitative because it's also the, the flavor experience Right. That's how we tie it into there. And and I think there is, quote unquote, value in that. And that is part of our metric. You yeah. Know, I, I mean, look, listen, price, but. I know you humans like to put in emotion. <laughs> right. And I've worked my life to remove emotion out of the equation <laughs> in all things. I will say, <laughs> uh, you know, some people might look at me and go like, oh, OK, he likes George T. Stagg. Right. And so I would pay more or they, they assume I would pay more because there's nostalgia. There's that kind of the, the niche joy, extra dose of dopamine, D2 pathway, right? A little bit of that stimulation is a little more from George Stag, maybe. That's what you're talking about. And yet I don't spend more money on George Stag. I don't. Yeah, but hang on. I think part of the reason you don't is because you're like me and you just, you like, you hoard, you don't hoard it, but you just buy everything, right? Like, and you have so many other things in your cabinet that are good. You're not going to spend right. 500 bucks on Stag. You'll get it if you can get it around MSRP or even double, but but if you were more like Jules and you only ever owned 10 to 15 bottles at a time and you had room on your shelf, <laughs> you might spend a bit more than you do right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you do bring up a point about the value being more than just the quantitative like calculation of the costs, right? Yeah. So like for some people, there is that I would pay more because like another person might not. You guys always talk about like the celebrity whiskeys, right? If you liked Michael Jordan, Michelle, you would pay for Sincoro and drink the garbage, right? Maybe there's value in that to some people. Just um, like how, you know, you're obviously a Dr. Dre fan. That's why you're wearing Beats headphones right now. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you brought this up. These headphones, it was going into the trash. <laughs> And I said, you're going to throw is, that. As they say, one man's trash. Yeah, they were going to throw <laughs> it away. They were going to throw it. So all of the, the the lining, the faux leather, all that's like gone. There's no foam on this. There's no foam on this. There's like nothing. It's just like plastic and pieces of metal in the, in the magnet. And they were going to throw it away. And I thought, well, it still works. So, <laughs> and it's free. So I, that's what I'm See, using. going back to that, actually. So, so you pulled it out of the trash can. Right. Yeah. 
it's also like if you've seen our uh, YouTube show, you'd know like I'm easily swayed by marketing and whatnot and nice packaging and say like with the uh, Johnny Walker blue line. I mean, part of the reason why I'm buying, I'm paying a little more for that is because of the packaging. So I can give it away as a gift too. So it, that does also impact its value. Well, marketing isn't yeah. free. I mean, like inherent. Right. I mean, there's a cost, right? But I mean, also just talking about from just uh, um, an experience, right? You know, so if we like speaking of tech stuff, like if we look at tech things, I mean, that's one of the biggest things why everyone loves Apple, right? It's just because when you buy an Apple product, you actually have an experience when you're opening it up, yeah. right? When you're like opening it from the box, yeah. you, you know, it similar up, thing that happens in spirits. Charge it, it overheats. I mean, that's why I like, you know, Johnny Walker hats off to them because it's like they know how to package things. Kind of like, you know, everybody hiring Frank Gehry. And you know, what is Frank right. Gehry doing the these days? I mean, like exactly. he, he seems to be designing everything now. Is he mainstream? What's going to be next? He's going to start designing laptops. Probably. <laughs> He's gonna, probably, you know, I, I mean, and in no. typical Frank Gary fashion, it's going to be like the most <laughs> difficult thing to mass produce. <laughs> I wanted to function. get him to, to help us redesign our set, but he was taken. So, wow, no. have time. I told you, I like I am pay, I like Angular, the, the Louvre. You know, for our listeners, I just wanted to tell you they hate it when I make suggestions on sets and things like that because I don't like asymmetry, I don't like things that are off. So, I, I would say, no, 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 it's should be like perfect i like utility i'm very utilitarian right they didn't even want to buy like a shelf system you're talking about me and jules here right yeah shelf okay. <laughs> shelf system he's obviously calling us like out. some like some shelf because it was so prevalent they said oh everyone knows what that shelf is like i was like what the f- who cares <laughs> it's a piece of wood like what does it matter right it's not um, even that it's because we're trying to like you know put some kind of style what, what little we already do have <laughs> i see no value in that i see no value in wow that. there's the, wow. the the value rating of the whole curiosity public experience from a production side is a zero <laughs> <laughs> But then again, we're biased. <laughs> well, okay. So let me ask you though, getting more specific, do you think there's more value in higher proof liquors? I think the easy answer is yes, because you're supposed to, you're, you're actually getting more, in your mind, you're getting more alcohol, right? The ethanol, right? That's right. that's higher and therefore more bang for your buck. However, sometimes that means that the flavor could change, right? I so agree. it's not, and it's not across the board. Like I, again, I'm drinking Lagavulin strength. And I do think it is actually not better than Lagavulin 16. I think it's different. I don't add more value just because it's cast strength. So there is some component of flavor getting calculated in my mind. I completely agree. I mean, I I think that proof is important, right? Because the beauty and the reason I tend to give something at a higher proof, a little bit of bonus on value is because I can experiment with it more. I think Mm -hmm. there is validity. I know Dylan doesn't necessarily believe this. I believe there is validity in, in what master distillers say when you find the perfect proof for a product, right? Some products taste different. So I just cracked into this Four Roses, right? It's not super high. It's 58. But I put a little bit of water in it as I was halfway through because I wanted to see, okay, what am I going to get? And at this point, I'm getting a lot less of the spices, but I'm able to pick up some of the slightly different fruits in here. So to me, there's some utility here because if I tried to proof down 80 proof Four Roses, it would taste like water. I wouldn't get anything. But if I have something at cask strength, yes, I'm getting more alcohol. But also for me, from a tasting experience, I can add a few drops of water. I can proof it down to 100 proof. I can proof it down to 90 proof. And I can see 
see what changes because for me, that intellectual pursuit of flavor experience is interesting. So that's valuable to me. Mm. Objectively, I don't know. Objectively, I, I think, yes, you're getting more alcohol, but if it doesn't taste good, who cares, right? Yeah, because you could just get Bacardi <laughs> 151, right? Right, exactly. Right. Or Everclear. <laughs> or Everclear, yeah, right. You do make a good point, actually. I mean, the thing is, I, I never thought of the whole bottle providing multiple experiences through putting in water because I don't do it. I guess I never thought about that. Do I, mean, I, I was aware people, I was aware <laughs> you humans do like to water down stuff. So when you add ice, dude, you get like that cold hit. Oh, oh yeah. my God. A whole nother experience, buddy. Yeah, but you gotta, uh, Jules, you got to remember that uh, Lieutenant Commander Data here, he just analyzes uh, all the flavonoids right. and he can compute in his brain what he it would taste like. He only knows the percentages <laughs> as soon as it touches his tongue. Like, well, if I were to add uh, 1.2 uh, milliliters of water, it would taste like this. So I already exactly. know. Exactly. Wow. No, you know what? I got to say for the ice thing, since you guys use a lot of ice and you pack it in, have you tried like the Sonic ice, the compressed ice for, oh, no. for Dram? What's you don't know about the whole like Sonic, the drive-through, you know, the hamburger joint. Oh yeah. Oh Sonic. 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 What's yeah. Ice? yeah. It looks like um, <laughs> it looks like animal feed. Um, oh, like pellets. Oh, the pellet yeah. ice. Yeah, the pellets. They love that stuff. People love it. People will drive like a hundred miles just to get the quote-unquote Sonic ice. Really? And oh. I just wonder if you guys no, ever experienced for the chili with dogs. That. They oh. love that ice. Yeah, people mm. love it. I hate it. And you guys know my ice thing. And uh, <laughs> I recently. <laughs> Ice Dutch is an ever-growing pursuit for clear ice. You know what? I am so angry. You know what? Our viewers should be angry too because because they're missing out. Yeah, they are seriously missing out it. on like YouTube gold. Yeah, it's it's Not gold. Good. Like, like it's gold. It's, it's so it's so good. No, you I know mean, you know why it's so good. It's we so got to break sad. into this vault somehow, oh, man. It's so <laughs> sad. Out. It is a sad episode because Dutch is trying it's the best to episode ever, folks. Trying to film an ice episode it's at so like hundred degrees. <laughs> it got hot on the set, yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, so my quest for clear ice led me to buy a clear ice machine, right? And I, and I spent so much time researching them. But the brand I bought, which makes one of the best clear ice makers out there, they also make the nugget machines, right? And I was looking at this I'm like, who the hell would want that? Because that's like the exact opposite of what you would want for drinking whiskey, at least. But it's people because it's people thing. like You're to right. chew on it. People chew on the yeah. ice and they and you know love what? the texture. Because like, clear ice is very hard, right? It's very dense. Right. There's none of the impurities. There's no air pockets in it. But the nugget ice like that is full of it right. so it just kind of like melts in your mouth i mean if you chew on it, it just kind of like right. it's like uh is that what they're the called nugget ice yeah that's the first time i heard of it no it is a thing I, I, know. I think you'll love it yeah so yeah, it sounds this, it sounds amazing could you imagine pink <laughs> lemonade on nugget ice no i mean it's <laughs> the first time i've heard of it so no 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 <laughs> There's literally like a Sonic right down the street from my place. I should. Uh, oh, you should get go get some, some ice. Get some nugget ice for Jules next time he's over here. Oh, oh yeah, my gosh, I'm gonna have to experience this nugget <laughs> ice. <laughs> hey Jules, I'll make it for you. I'll get uh, Dutch's uh, <laughs> clear ice. Oh my god! Hammer, <laughs> and I'll just like smash it, and then with my hands crush yeah. it together, make a snowball, and then throw it in oh, your. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, I don't know wow. how we ended up here, guys, but apparently this was supposed to be a discussion. Oh, you about know what? 
I do have oh, a question. Yeah, do you think there's a lot of value in artists creating crazy bottles and designs and stuff like that, totally. which then totally. raise the price of that liquor? Totally. Right? You think so? Oh, I, I personally Absolutely. hate it. I personally to an extent. hate it. Absolutely. I no, there's it. value. There's well, value there's if you are a fan of that artist. That's where the value comes in. And then maybe if you're not, there might be some intrigue. So, you know, either way. But no, I. It, <laughs> well, no, hey, I, hang on. I got another example too, though, because every year you guys know Johnny Walker does the um, Zodiac uh, mm-hmm. the, Never the Chinese buy New Year bottles, right? Never right. buy it. I buy one every year because we've yeah. got a friend who has a Chinese New Year party every year. And every year I give him one of these. He likes whiskey, but he also, you know, he and his wife appreciate good art, especially, you know, his wife's an artist. And every year I give him one of these bottles and I'm like, I don't like it's, it's just regular Johnny Walker inside. But they love looking at the bottles and they, they're exactly. now they have a collection of them. So it, it is a value add. It's not a value add for connoisseurs and flavor seekers like us but it can there is a niche market for them totally and it's actually not even that niche when you got someone (laughs) like jay-z bro who's pulling a hundred billion dollars He's got a hundred million Instagram followers. Uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Okay, so you know, let's tell our listeners so that they can kind of interpret our scores moving forward, where we stand in terms of the intangible value and how it calculates. I'll start. I say for my part, it does not get calculated. Okay, so what if you see my score, Wait, if what you doesn't s- get calculated intangibles. I don't care about the bottle. I'm not paying for the bottle. I'm not, I don't so you, care. Anything about the bottle goes to aesthetics for you. You don't that, that's factor right. it at all for value. Okay. I'll say it, but in my mind, I'll say, well, you know, that's a nice bottle or whatever, but final calculation, I don't, I really don't add to it. Mm. And if I did, it would be extraordinary circumstances. I'm not saying it's, I'm going to be like absolute about it, but for the most part, I'm not really thinking about that. When I say, mm. if I pay X amount of money, I'm paying for what's inside that bottle. Yeah. Right. Again, if it came in a Vaughn's trash bag, you know, you would I, not be buying it. I would still buy it if it's really good if it's really good guess what i I would would. and then i would put it in a decanter Exactly. I'm kind of with you, actually. I, I try to really compartmentalize that to aesthetics. Now, if there's something really out there that's just like absolutely amazing, I mean, maybe a tiny bit, but it's not even like a half a point. It's like if I'm on the verge of going from a one to a two and I'm like in my head at a 1.9, I'm like, but you know what? There was a book in there. There was an amazing stopper. I could reuse this bottle as a decanter. There's some vi- there's some utility there. There's some tangible value there. So yeah, okay, maybe a a little bit, but it's not a big consideration for me. Oh, no, I completely disagree with both of you. It's 20%. It, it can actually <laughs> move the needle. It'll get one point on our scale. That's one point, folks, on our scale. One to five for value. No, You're getting something good to look at. actually move it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do. I, I also tend to mix it in with uniqueness and whatnot in terms of mm-hmm. aesthetics. But at the same time, I do consider that because, I mean, that's part of our job. Like when we're evaluating a dram, it's not only the liquor inside, but it's also how it is packaged and at what price. I like that. I actually like that because when you say those things, I think for our viewers, if they're like you, where there is definitely a component of the aesthetics, like how it looks in the bar. Look, we eat with our eyes and you buy with your eyes, you know, so you're not even drinking it yet before you make the purchase, right? So obviously something has to attract you to Mm -hmm. it besides the liquor that you've, you know, watched one of our reviews. You got to be attracted to it. I try to look at it as the, entire experience right like and i always yeah, actually still it is part of it. 
back in the day, we used to always call the value point that we used to give as price and availability. And availability. I still factor in availability a little bit yeah. into my analysis of it because it, to me, it's like I want to encompass at some level in our scoring system the entire experience, right? Yeah. The tasting experience is like is literally ninety percent of it, maybe right. like eighty five percent of it. But then there's that whole experience of what does this bottle look like when I buy it? How hard did I have to? How much gas did I have to burn to go drive around to five stores to find it? What price right. did I end up paying? Is it worth that price? How does it look when it's on my shelf? If somebody comes over and they see that bottle, like, man, you have a Vaughn's trash bag sitting on your bar. What's wrong with you, man? Like, that, that's like, and you know what? Yeah. I'd be like, hey. No, don't worry about it because you're not getting it. You're not drinking it. But if I've got a beautiful bottle like IW Harper, right? 15. Yeah. It's a beautiful bottle. I don't particularly love the whiskey. Ironically, I had a pour of it before we got on our podcast and I'm like, you know, it's not bad, but it's a beautiful bottle. And you put yeah. that bottle out and people are coming over for a party. They're like, whoa, that's a great looking bottle. I want to try that. There's something there. It is an intangible and I chalk that mostly up to aesthetics, but yeah, you got to factor the entire from beginning to Experience. end. Yeah, yeah. And then I arrive and then I go for the uh, he takes out his calculator bag. and he goes ten percent worth value <laughs> I get a straw I go to I go to you know everybody is like gravitating toward the IW Harper bottle oh. I go to Dutch's bar trash bag with a straw and I'm drinking it out of the trash bag the best part is it's not a plastic straw it's like titanium straw <laughs> wow 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 oh jeez Okay, so, now I think we have exhausted value, guys. Yeah, but I think value is a important thing. It is it an is. important thing. I, it's very important. It's different for different people, right? Like for somebody buying a $20 bottle on a Friday for the weekend is that's all they buy, right? right. Like they're not saving up money for a couple of weeks to buy a $100 bottle. They're like, dude, I want to have a nice bottle to enjoy over the weekend. I got 20 extra bucks on me. That's what I'm buying. For those of us that are insane and, and are able to save up for buying expensive bottles, it's a different equation sometimes. So I think factoring that in is also important. And it's hard to keep that in mind because we're just kind of too deep in the game sometimes. But everybody's concept of value is going to be a little bit different. So no matter what, people are going to watch and they're like, dude, these guys are crazy. How do they spend that much on a bottle and consider it to be a value? And vice versa. There's guys out there that are right. dropping obvious, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars at auction. They're like, exactly. A couple yeah, of grand. Like hundred bucks. Market. That's a bargain. $80 for a four-year anything. I, mean, I know, man. It, well, it, so, you know, you bring that example up and we were talking about this before we started about somebody saying that some of the rye, four-year ryes are a bargain at 80, 90 bucks. I do understand that rye is more expensive. The grain is more expensive and the amount that you need, you're spending produce, more. Yeah, your yield. Yep. So I do understand that. But then I, <laughs> for me, when, I, when anybody talks about value with rye, I just, I look at Old Forester and I'm like 20 bucks, 100 proof, very tasty. Right. How do you beat it? You it, know, no, it's that's, possible. <laughs> and so that is a perfect example of, High it's value. not perfect. It's because they also have the big machine behind them. Right, They're but a well-established brand, so they can offer. You don't it calculate at a lower value cost. because somebody no, but, is. But we've established at the beginning that the big. It's boys a can loss do it. leader. They can know? do it. It's at like half. it's like McDonald's fries. They can do it at half the price. So to me, that means that at forty bucks, it's not one to one. It's because of all of the you know earnings they create. <laughs> they built over a hundred years. No, dude, they're making money on that wrong. bottle, dude. Every single one of those bottles, they're making plenty of money on. Uh, there's know. no way. There's no. They're, they're putting them in as loss leaders. Dude. No, they're not. Not yeah. their twenty dollar ride, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why would they do that? Hey, Jules, it Jules. Sense. It costs a lot to make that stuff, dude. Come on. Jules, Otherwise, uh, everyone, all these small mom and pop like craft companies would be out there making it, surviving. They just probably dude, have a better not. supplier. They probably got a better line on the raw product, the raw grain. Yeah, exactly. And that's where the advantage is. That's why they can offer it cheaper. Okay. <laughs> and therefore, the value is high, right? Agreed. For the consumer. Like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just also saying like, you know, it's not a fair game. Like it, you can't do the calculation is not the same. No, it's definitely not a fair game. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's never fair. The Life big is boys not always fair. have an advantage. Right. Yeah, but the value is. But my my, my, my point my being money. the reaction to Dutch, where it's like, well, why can't anybody everybody else do it? It's like because well, they're not. My That's point is, is that it is not. Fair. I feel like everybody else should be able to blend. It's not age dated, right? But I think it's right. better than a lot of age dated rye. Right. Why is that age dated four year? Why why can't they blend something together, source some other rye, and come up with something? that's maybe it's not going to be 20 bucks maybe it's going to be 40 bucks or even 45 bucks i'm still blown away by well, the that, 3x. That, i mean yeah that i would also just tribute to you know the master blender of let me also clarify just profile. because it's not a value that doesn't mean that you can't buy it right i mean like we're not saying oh it is no value therefore don't buy it that's something different right yeah of course it's whether again it's a thought experiment is it a bargain you know change the word value it's a thought experiment is before you criticize you say look i want you to use this word. I want you to use the word bargain. I paid $400 for a four month rye. What a bargain. Would I ever say that? No, the yeah. answer is no. Let's talk about the $80 rye. That's four years. Is $80 for a four year rye a bargain? The answer is no. Doesn't mean that you don't, you can't buy it, but it's not a bargain. It is never going right. to be a bargain. It might right. be even, but a be $20 a, well, rye. I don't know. I don't know if that's be, the right question you should be asking. It might be good though. I think, but yeah, Exactly. And I think the, the better question is like, was it worth it? Right. Is that because you know, I'm reminded? Your... Yeah, because I'm reminded of like, you know, Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys owner. It's like he never regretted overpaying for something great. It's the same concept. So like, it, was it actually worth it? Is I think is like the better question to ask. I think you can make an argument that it is neutral on value, but it's hard to say that it was a true bargain, right? It is not a bargain product. Okay, just keep using that term. $80 for your rye is not yeah, a but, bargain but hang product. On, hang on, hang on. For let me, $80, let me... I can get a 15-year XYZ dram. Right, from... but hang on. Let me throw this one at you. Maybe there's, okay, your four-year $80 rye, and there's a 10-year $85 rye. And you try them blind, and the 15-year tastes like crap, but the four-year tasted really good. There's no value in that? No, there's some kind of value, but it is not a bargain. Okay, but you just said neither you one the is word a bargain. value with bargain. bargain. Neither yeah. one is a bargain. A 10-year, okay. 85-year-old. You just want to say, what's a bargain? <laughs> <laughs> By Graptar's hammer, right? Exactly. So that's the term, right? No, I'm telling you guys, fine. You know what? Fine. Spend your money, right? You know what? <laughs> throw that money away you know what, what do the people do like they get the dollar bills and then they like uh, they make it rain they oh yeah that's sorry that, <laughs> young young people wow. yeah why don't you make it rain fine okay fine you do that and how about i stick with 20 dollar for your rye i guess my point is this let's say that four-year rye at 80 dollars is better than the 200 rye that everybody's raving about but people okay. love that 200 rye and they pay 200 for it day in and day out mm -hmm. but you find this 80 dollar rye 
try. And yeah, it's only four years, but you try them blind and you think it's better than that $200 bottle. Yeah, it happens a, a lot, it's a but it's, maybe? neither is still a value. <laughs> okay. All right. Neither is a bargain. Sorry. It is not a bargain just because there's another, another dram that costs a lot more. I feel like we're going to have to be referencing this podcast a lot, Jules. <laughs> Do you not understand that <laughs> this you're... concept of a bargain? You're trying to make it relative. You must be in marketing because that's how they get you to pay for, you're like, you know what? Hey, look, I'll tell you the four month rye, it's $400 because the next town over the three month rye, they selling it for 425. And so this is a true bargain at $400 four months because the next town over they're selling three month rye for $450. What about that? It's so stupid. Neither one is a value. <laughs> Neither is a value just because relatively speaking, you think, oh, but there's a slight so difference. What you're basically saying though, is that you don't factor in the market when you analyze value. No, no, no. I, I factor in the market quite a bit. The market, dude. No, the market is the market. The market for those good of a flavors, you have to pay $200 and somebody comes out with one that's only 40. The market right now, as of today, you do not pay $400 for a four month fry. Okay. And it is not a value. It It is not someone's out there paying for it. It is not a value today to pay $80 for a four year liquor. Okay. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is right now because you could replace it if everything else went up. And look, over time, there's inflation, right? So, so your, your point is that the $400 just needs to come down. So let's take, like, let's take Pappy, right? Like let's say Pappy 15, right? Very, very tasty whiskey. One of the most highly sought after ones. One that's still even respected by a lot Fantastic. of bourbon drinkers, right? I love it. Yeah. People regularly pay thousands of dollars. I would never do that. You guys would never do that. But we would all probably pay $100 for it. Maybe even $200 for a bottle. Yeah. If somebody came out with uh, an experimental product that only is aged four months, but they're able to shake the barrels a special way or do some way to impart tons of flavor. And you try that thing and you're like, man, you know what? This tastes exactly like Pappy 15. What's the price? And it's 80 bucks. Still not but a value. four months old. Not a value. No? Really? Not a value. Again, right. it doesn't mean that you wow. won't buy it. It doesn't okay. mean you won't buy it, but it is not a bargain. It's yeah, but that's bucks. not what value. It is, like, look, you you're, know what it is? You can't it costs, just replace that boutique, bargain. No, no, no. That, that. that boutique, that boutique, okay? The margin is huge. We don't know that. What if their process is exactly. expensive? Right. They got to heat the room. They got to run the machinery to shake it. They got their big Tesla power wall. They're draining power like crazy just to make your, your you know, but they can do it and get yeah. the product out for 80 bucks. Not my problem because the market is not set at that price. The market is not set at that price. It is if people again, are still buying. Saying, again, you I'm may not, not be buying it, buy but it, someone people. else is buying it. So that the market is setting that again, price. Again, look. It's the market, man. Hey, you know what? Exactly. You want to be a sucker and you want to buy, you want to buy, you know, hey, you know what? I got, I got another. That's a different story. I got a three month, I got a three month ride coming out of my toilet right now. <laughs> In a bonds bag, bag, right? My point is, is if it tastes better than the the best thing on the market, it tastes great because I have a flavor profile booklet and you can come out of the bidet. Hey, you know what? Hey, see, look, I had to pay for a bidet. Okay. Is the, is the, is the book? I had to pay the thousand dollar bidet. Okay. And so I need to take that into the cost. Okay. So it is a bargain at $450 three month bidet juice. Right. Okay. Well, I think we got to draw a line in the sand and just say, uh, we're done. Uh, But (laughs) this has been a fun discussion, guys. I hope that it has illuminated a little bit the way we think about our value category. Just follow Jules. 
just follow Just Jules. follow Jules. this as a bargain and episode. Let's just buy non-age out. stated three-month uh, liquor for like $200. Just buy Let's it. Let's follow Jules out of this episode. As long as it's designed by Frank Gehry. <laughs> Terrible. Or signed by Jay-Z. <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. We've got new content up there weekly where we do reviews and drink throughs. If you like what we do and want to help us out, be sure to check out Curiosity Private, which is our membership program on YouTube. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay curious. background here nice. and i didn't realize that shane black wrote it and then yeah. i also didn't realize that michael Kamen and eric clapton did the music for it nice oh i totally forgot about that michael <laughs> Kamen. yeah wow dude one of the greatest movies it is a great movie Has dude he's like murtok just straight up kills the guy at the end i know it's, it's, yeah. it's murder it's, <laughs> it's murder, murder. It's, <laughs> i mean like diplomatic <laughs> immunity Boom. And, you know no no it's not even that there was a wait Right? Yeah, right. Like, has just been revoked. Wait, <laughs> and then he fires. Pause, and then fires. So with clear intent, like he, yeah, clear intent, right? <laughs> How uh, did they make Lethal Weapon three? You know, Lethal <laughs> Weapon three should have been like the sentencing. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In behind the bars, yeah, behind bars. Murtaugh, he's definitely right. retired now. Yeah. Oh man, that movie Jeez. is so good. <laughs>